lower respiratory system infections and drug therapy. This group of drugs is used for the treatment of chronic illnesses such as asthma, emphysema, or chronic bronchitis. As individuals with these types of illnesses are more at risk for a medical emergency, it is imperative that the oral health professionals are familiar with the use, contraindications, and adverse effects of these drugs. Pneumonia. This is an inflammation of the lungs caused either by bacterial or viral invasion or by aspiration of a foreign object into the lower respiratory tract. The rapid inflammatory response leads to localized swelling, engorgement, and exudation of the protected serum. The respiratory membrane is affected resulting in decreased gas exchange. The symptoms include difficulty breathing, fatigue, fever, noisy breath sounds, and poor oxygenation. Bronchitis. Acute bronchitis occurs when bacteria, viruses, or foreign materials infect the inner lining of the bronchi. This may result in a narrow airway during the inflammation. Chronic bronchitis is an inflammation of the bronchi that does not clear. Tuberculosis. Tuberculosis is an infection caused by an infectious and communicable organism spread by inhalation of infected droplets. The bacteria causing the infection is Mycobacterium tuberculosis. Tuberculosis in, is discussed in greater detail in your dental management of the medically compromised patient text. Below is a video about tuberculosis. Obstructive pulmonary disease. Asthma. This video about asthma illustrates the condition very nicely. Chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or COPD. Again, this video explains COPD very concisely. Lower respiratory system drugs. Bronchodilators or anti-asthmatics. These drugs are used to facilitate respirations by dilating the airways. They are helpful in the symptomatic relief or prevention of bronchial asthma and bronchospasm associated with COPD. Some of these drugs are administered systemically through oral dosing or inhaled into the airways using a nebulizer. The latter have an advantage of not being absorbed systemically and therefore have fewer side effects. Xanthin. These drugs were at one time the first choice bronchodilator drug. Xanthines, which includes caffeine and theophylline, originate from a variety of natural sources. They do, however, have a narrow margin of safety and interact with many other drugs. Because of this, they are no longer the first choice bronchodilator. The available xanthines include aminophylline, Trufiline, caffeine, cafededrine, diphylene, dilor, and theophylline, theodore, or xiobin. Xanthines have a direct effect on the smooth muscle of the respiratory tract in the bronchi and blood vessels. It is thought that these drugs work directly by affecting the mobilization of calcium within the cell. This is accomplished by two stimulating prostaglandins which result in smooth muscle relaxation. 
Xanthines also inhibit the slow release of slow-reacting substance of anaphylaxis, SRSA, and histamine, which decreases bronchial swelling. Xanthines are indicated for symptomatic relief or prevention of bronchial asthma or the reversal of bronchospasm. They are metabolized in the liver and excreted through the urine. They have been associated with fetal abnormalities in animals. Caution is also necessary if lactating. These drugs should be used with caution with GI problems, coronary disease, respiratory dysfunction, renal or liver disease, or hyperthyroidism. The adverse effects include GI upset, nausea, irritability, tachycardia, seizures, brain damage, and death. Nicotine increases the metabolism of this drug. Sympathomimetics. As you already know, sympathomimetics mimic the action of the sympathetic nervous system. One of these actions is the dilation of the bronchi with increased rate and depth of respiration. Drugs that are used in this way are fast-acting, ephedrine, which is the generic form, epinephrine, sesophrine, and epipen. Intermediate-acting, isotherin, bronchazole, isoproterenol, isoprel, levobuterol, zopinex, metaproterenol, metaproterenol, alupent, albuterol, proventol, bitolterol, tomolate, perbuterol, maxair, terbutaline, breath air. Long-acting, semeterol, cerement, formoterol, foradil. Most of these drugs are beta-2 selective adrenergic agonists. Epinephrine is used for acute asthma attacks. The remainder are used for bronchospasm in reversible obstructive airway disease and have been affected in exercise-induced bronchospasms. The drugs are metabolized in the liver and excreted in the kidneys. During pregnancy and lactation, the drug should only be used when the benefit outweighs the risk. These drugs are contraindicated for a medically compromised patient who would not tolerate sympathetic effects well, such as cardiac and vascular disease, arrhythmia, diabetes, and hyperthyroidism. The adverse effects are those associated with sympathomimetic stimulation, CNS stimulation, GI upset, cardiac arrhythmias, hypertension, bronchospasm, sweating, pallor, and flushing. Review the animation depicting the actions of salmeterol and epinephrine, which are used to treat obstructive pulmonary disorders. Anticholinergic bronchodilators. Patients who cannot tolerate the sympathetic effects of the sympathomimetic might respond to the anticholinergics. These drugs are itropropium, Atrovent and Antiotropium, Spiriva. These are not as effective as the sympathomimetics, but can provide some relief. These drugs are used because of the effects on the vagus nerve, which blocks or antagonizes the action of the neurotransmitter acetylcholine at the vagal-mediated receptor sites. Vagal stimulation results in contraction of smooth muscle, 
by blocking this effect, the bronchi smooth muscle relaxes, leading to bronchodilation. Ipertropium is the only drug that is recommended for bronchodilation and is used for maintaining COPD patients, including bronchospasm and emphysema. Caution should be used in any condition that would be aggravated by the anticholinergic effects such as narrow angle glaucoma or prostatic hypertrophy and conditions aggravated by dry mouth and throat. The adverse effects include dizziness, headache, fatigue, nervousness, serostomia, sore throat, palpitations, and urinary retention. Inhaled steroids. These drugs are effective in treating bronchospasm. Some of the inhaled steroids are arbeclomethazone, belcovin, budesonide, fulmacort, flutictazone, flovent or flonase, and triamcinolone, asmacort. These drugs decrease the inflammatory response in the airway. Inhaling the steroid decreases the systemic adverse effects of the drug. When inhaled, the drug decreases the swelling due to the inflammatory response and promotion of the beta-adrenergic receptor activity, leading to smooth muscle relaxation. Inhaled steroids are not for emergency situations during an, an acute asthma attack or for status asthmaticus, uncontrolled asthma. It should be used with caution with anyone with an active respiratory infection or during pregnancy and lactation. Adverse effects include sore throat, hoarseness, coughing, xerostomia, and pharyngeal and laryngeal fungal infections. To minimize the fungal infection, the patient should rinse with water following administration. These drugs are also metabolized in the liver and excreted in the urine. Leukotriene receptor antagonists. These drugs were developed to act specifically at the site of the problem associated with asthma. The drugs are indicated for bronchial asthma, but not for acute asthmatic episodes. The available drugs are Zephyrlucast, Acolate, Montelukast, Singulair, and Zylutin, Zyflo. Leukotriene receptor antagonists selectively compete for or antagonize receptors for the production of leukotrienes D4 and E4, components of the SRSA. The results of this is the blockade of many of the signs and symptoms of asthma. These include neutrophil and eosinophil migration, neutrophil and monocyte aggregation, leukocyte adhesion, increased capillary permeability, and smooth muscle contraction. These factors contribute to inflammation, edema, mucus secretions, and bronchoconstriction. The drugs are metabolized in the liver and excreted in the feces. Fetal toxicity has been shown in animals, so the benefits must far outweigh the risks if used during pregnancy. There have not been studies to indicate the effects on infants resulting from lactation. Adverse effects include headache, dizziness, myalgia, nausea, diarrhea, abdominal pain, elevated liver enzymes, vomiting, and generalized pain and fever. 
mast cell stabilizers or non-steroidal chromones. Chromalin, Intel, and Nidochromal, Tillade, Allocryl prevent the release of inflammatory and bronchoconstricting substances when mast cells are stimulated to release these substances because of irritation or the presence of an antigen. Chromalin inhibits the release of histamine. By blocking these chemical mediators or the immune reaction, chromalin prevents allergic asthmatic response. It is used for the treatment of chronic bronchial asthma and allergic rhinitis. Nidocromil inhibits the mediators of a variety of inflammatory cells. By blocking these effects, nidocromil decreases the release of histamine and the overall inflammatory response. This drug is indicated for mild to moderate bronchial asthma. This drug needs to be taken continuously for the most effective results. It is also used concomitantly with corticosteroids. Neither of these drugs is recommended during pregnancy or lactation. The few reported adverse effects of chromalin include swollen eyes, headache, dry mouth, and nausea. The adverse effects of nidocromil include headache, dizziness, fatigue, tearing, GI upset, and cough. This drug should not be discontinued abruptly. Anti-tuberculosis drugs. These drugs belong to a larger class of drugs known as antimycobacterial antibiotics. Mycobacteria cause tuberculosis and leprosy. The bacteria can hold a laboratory stain even in the presence of a destaining agent. They are therefore called acid-fast bacteria. The bacteria have an outer coat of mycolic acid that protects them from many disinfectants and allows them to survive for long periods of time in the environment. These slow-growing bacteria may need to be treated for several years before they can be eradicated. Tuberculosis is the leading cause of death worldwide. For a number of years, it was thought to be under control. But in the last several years, the disease is showing a resurgence, especially with medically compromised immune systems and the emergence of resistant bacterial strains. Treatment with anti-tuberculin drugs must be continued for 6 to 24 months. The first-line drugs for treating tuberculosis are isoniazide, INH, nitrazide, which affects the mycolic acid coating of the bacterium, rifampin, rifatin, rimactane, which alters the DNA and RNA activity in the bacterium, ethionamide, Trecator SC, which prevents cell division, rifapentine, priftin, which alters DNA and RNA activity causing cell death. These drugs are used in combination of two or more drugs until the bacteria conversion occurs or maximum improvement is seen. If a patient cannot take one or more of these drugs or if the disease continues to progress because of the emergence of a resistant strain, the second-line drugs can be used. These are ethambutol, myambutol, which inhibits cellular metabolism, biazinamide, which is a generic form, which is both bactericidal and bacteriostatic. These drugs are used in combination with at least one other anti-tuberculosis drug. 
If therapeutic success is still not achieved, a third-line combination of two anti-tuberculosis drugs can be tried. They are capriomycin, capistat, whose mechanism of action is not known, cycloserine, seromycin, which inhibits cell wall synthesis, which leads to cell death. Using drugs in combination is thought to decrease the emergence of resistant strains and to affect bacteria at various stages during their long, slow life cycle. These drugs are metabolized in the liver and excreted in the urine. They should not be used during pregnancy or lactation unless the benefits outweigh the risks. Adverse effects include CNS effects such as neuritis, dizziness, headache, malaise, drowsiness, and hallucination. These drugs are also irritating to the GI tract. Rifampin, rifabutin, and rifapenantine cause an orange discoloration of the body fluids. Consult your text, Dental Management of the Medically Compromised Patient, for drug-drug interactions.